0: Dynasty Football Network presents Super Flexible Podcast with your two co-hosts, 2Drink and Swags, and host, Steve Halepka.
1: What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Super Flexible Podcast. I am your host, Steve Halepka. Joined here tonight by my boys, Swags and 2Drink. What's going on, fellas? I am hey. one of
2: the people at the beginning of the show.
1: That's right. That's right. I'm mixing the order up. I know you got a little upset about that a couple weeks ago, so got to make sure we're switching the orders up. Yeah. So.
2: know. Yeah. That wasn't yeah, mad right? that it happened. I was I wish that Two Drink handled it better though. I <laughs> want him to come in hard, you know. I no know he's got it. Does. He just was no. like, oh, it's me. It just wasn't his night, you know." But he, he brings his A game. Going.
1: He brings his A game. Once he cracks a few open, you know the A-game is flowing, so yeah, we're, the, we're excited for tonight. The a game Or just is try within. to bring in guests to make my work easier. There you go, too. And, and speaking of a, a guest, we have an awesome guest tonight. Uh, from inside of the pylon and Pro Football Weekly, we have Mark Schofield. Uh, obviously back again for the second time, first time I'm on the show with him. So, Mark, thanks for coming back.
3: Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be back. Excited to talk a little quarterback, some trades, and all the good stuff you guys got on tap for us tonight.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So we'd we'll love to get your opinion. I know we were going to talk about it last week, but didn't get it, didn't have enough time. So what better guy to have on the show to talk about rookie quarterbacks and veteran quarterbacks and Mark. So let's dive right into it. Uh, let's talk about some of the rookie quarterbacks uh, coming from the NFL draft. Um, so we'd we'll love to get your thoughts about, you know, landing spots for year one and which quarterback, uh, whether it be first round, I'm guessing we'll we'll stick with the first round to start off with, is in the best position to succeed right out of the gate in in year one.
3: You know, I think you could honestly make a case that Kyler Murray is in a pretty good position, and I know that that Arizona offense and that team generally just struggled last year. That was one of the main arguments made by people perhaps in favor of Josh Rosen as their quarterback, that look, you know, the roster wasn't that great. They didn't have a ton of skill weapons. You could look at some of the offensive skill position players and outside of maybe Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk and Rosen seemed on the same page at times. And, you know, know, we had the Johnson injury, of course. It wasn't that great. But what they've done is buy into a vision. And more than anything else, the NFL draft is one of those windows where you get a sense of how teams view where they are as an organization. And by hiring Cliff Kingsbury, they went outside the box. But then what they did was – They go into his offensive vision by drafting Kyler Murray. They've drafted, they've added a lot of wide receiver talent that fits with the kind of offense that they're going to be running. You look at, for example, the Andy Isabella pick, and I think that's an eye going towards uh, a guy that can work in the shower areas of the field, that can do some stuff downfield as well. I don't think he's just a slot receiver in the National Football League. I think, you know, UMass used him on the boundary so I think he can be used that way as well you look at Hakeem Butler to get him in the fourth round this is a player that some people thought might have been the if not the top wide receiver in the draft then maybe at least the top five and to get him in the fourth round I think that's a nice selection so you add those two guys you have Larry Fitzgerald Chad Williams from Grambling from a couple years ago the third round pick I think he's a nice player they've added some players also Keyshawn Johnson they got a sixth round and so there's some skill position talent now around Kyler Murray, and he's going to be stepping into an offense that obviously he's going to be familiar with. I mean, Cliff Kinsbury is going to bring his offense that he remember recruited Kyler Murray to run back when he was a Texas Tech. And so there'll be some schematic familiarity. He's now going to have some weapons around him. So I think he's in a pretty good position. You know, even though this is an offense that certainly struggled at times last year, he's in a pretty good position to be successful. And I think, you know, you look at Dwayne Haskins. I think similarly, you know, this is a Washington situation at the quarterback spot that has some question marks, but they're going to be able to. I could see him winning this job. Yeah, they've got Case Keenum, who they added, but I think Haskins could win this game because he's a smart, heady quarterback. And I love the two additions that they made at the wide receiver spot as well. Obviously, McLaurin. Was fantastic down in the senior bowl to get him in the third round. Haskins and McLaren are teammates, so there's going to be some familiarity there. But getting Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round, I mean, he was a player that similarly to Butler, was getting some first-round buzz. And now you get him in the sixth round. And so I think maybe he's not an ideal, full, well-rounded receiver, but he can do some things that will work in the NFL, like beating the press, for example. Trey Quinn, Mr. O'Reilly from two years ago, Josh Dawson, Paul Richardson. This is suddenly an offense that on Jordan paper was pretty
2: good. Like, like it Jordan or not, Reed, you know says healthy.
3: Yeah, and you're getting Darius Geis back. Yep. And they added Bryce Love in the fourth round, who I think is – maybe he's been dealing with some injuries, but I still think there's a good running back there too. So I think Haskins and Murray are in pretty good spots. Out of the other picks – Obviously, we don't know what we're going to do with Daniel Jones. We don't know when he's going to see the field. I so, hey, said
2: can we? Can I interrupt you right there?
3: Because uh, I wanted to get your take, go back to
2: Kyler Murray, and then what happened with Josh Rosen. Like, how are you feeling with that Rosen deal there and Rosen being in Miami? Well, I
3: think – let's take it from Miami's perspective, first of all. This was a very smart move by the Dolphins. And – I know two drinks probably smiling when he hears that, <laughs> but it was a think a smart move because what I love seeing from organizations come draft time is giving multiple paths to success at a variety of positions, thinking a year or two down the road. And what the Dolphins have done is not pigeonhole themselves into 2020 or bus quarterback position because they have Josh Rosen, they get him for a year. And if it pans out great, you've got your quarterback. You don't even have to worry about who comes out next year. If Tua comes out, you know, if Eason comes out, if Fromm comes out, you don't have to go all in on the 2020 draft class. But if Rosen doesn't work, if the situation is bad and you, after a year of seeing him up close, are convinced that he's not the answer, now you've got a pretty cheap backup and you can still go early in next year's class because if you've figured out what Rosen is the answer, chances are you'll be picking near the top. And so I think it makes a ton of sense from them as an organization. As for the fit, let's remember here, one of the Reasons that I was banning the drums, banging the table, yelling it from rooftops so that the Patriots should be all in on Josh Rosen was the kind of offense that they run. Timed and rhythm-based offense. You put a lot of the quarterback to figure things out from a mental perspective. Those sort of played to the strengths of Josh Rosen when he was coming out and certainly from some of what we saw from him last year. They're going to be running that kind of offense down in Miami. Chad O'Shea, former wide receivers coach for the Patriots. Now their offensive coordinator. So I think the scheme fit is going to be perfect for Josh Rosen. It's going to be almost the ideal offensive situation for him. And so from the Dolphins' perspective and even from Rosen's perspective, I think that this is a very good fit and situation for both organization and player. Couldn't Arizona have played this better? Perhaps, you know, but in the end – I think that they got, in return, a pretty good pick in Andy Isabella. And so I think that, you know, given the way that they played it, the end result, I think, worked out for them. They probably could have done this better and either made the decision sooner or handled it a different way, which they could have maximized their return. But when we were hearing third-round pick was were going to get Rosen, maybe a second was the best that they could have done, and they still ended up with the best possible result. Yeah, kind
2: of shot themselves in the foot.
1: Yeah, that was a good point to your point as well. I mean, them waiting so long to make the move for Rosen, you have to think it's, you know, it's front office, they had this decision they were going to take Kyler Murray for at least a few weeks. Um, so I mean, to your point, they probably tried to shop it around. Could they have gotten more than a two? Who knows at this point in time? But, um, yeah, really, it really.
2: And then I mean, I to think Mark's Rosen, point, it's, it's like, I thing. think nailed yep. it too. Like on paper, it doesn't look bad. Like they get Murray another weapon. Which is great. Uh That's way more valuable to them than having Rosen disgruntled on the sidelines. I mean, he already unfollowed him on Twitter. Like the relationship was so scorned at that point. I mean, so yeah, ended up working out pretty good, but yeah, they probably could have got more at some point you would think.
3: Yeah, I mean, you would think so. I mean, I think there was that argument sort of late in the pre-draft process that maybe they would just hold on to Rosen. And, you know, there's that piece, I think, in Sports Illustrated where Rosen told his agent, that look, if they want to hold on to me, fine, I'll just beat out Kyler Murray, which you do like to see. But that's a tough situation. where so, you know, back-to-back top 10 picks, yeah, quarterback spot on the roster still, like – That's a fractured locker room for a rookie head coach. It's not the ideal environment. So they had to move on from whichever guy, obviously it being Rosen, that they weren't going to have there.
2: Yeah, and there you have it. And I kind of derailed you and interrupted. So let's just take it that way. And who do you want, (laughs) Rosen or Daniel Jones? Oh,
3: I mean, I want Rosen right now. You know what I mean? Uh, So why didn't uh,
2: that happen?
3: I don't understand. I mean – I wrote it over at Big Blue View Giants website, you know, Rosen over Haskins, for example, because I I look at these quarterbacks and I still would have, again, granted, Rosen was my QB one last year and nobody wants to be wrong on that. And so I would still have these guys graded with Rosen, the top quarterback in this year's class, even over Kyle Murray. But at the same time, like you've got a cost-controlled rookie quarterback that has one year of NFL experience. You have a better idea what you're getting in him than you do a Dwayne Haskins or certainly a Daniel Jones. These are guys that need some development, especially Jones. And let's not forget, Daniel Jones, one of my big hand-ups on him is that he's a pretty scheme-limited quarterback right now. Sports Info Solutions, which does chart and analysis, similar to pro football focus – Bryce Rossler is one of the guys over there. I know him. He put a piece up over on their website that basically said that 72.6% of his dropbacks last year, that's Daniel Jones, were zero or one step drops. And that wow. correlates with predetermined reads, predetermined throws, or like simple one read type concepts. If you look at the NFL last year, the only guy that came close was Nick Foles, and it was like 52% of his throws. So that's telling you that he's a schematically limited quarterback, not running a ton of different stuff in the offense, not doing a lot where he's asked to make full field progression reads and things like that. And so there's going to be a big development curve for him. So are you going to take him? maybe for like four years down the road. But if you're looking like the next one or two years, Mm -hmm. who's going to actually be on the field, let alone producing, it's going to be Josh Rosen. Because he's got a guy with a year of NFL experience under his belt. And still, I think a pretty talented quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up the fact that, you know, talking about maybe three or four years down the road, we could start to see Daniel Jones finally make hay. Um, So in terms of other quarterbacks, potentially that you see three or four years down the road, are there any of those later round picks in the third or fourth round that you potentially see maybe cracking a starting lineup? Or do you think we're limited to just really the top of this draft and the, the starters going forward?
3: You know, I think there's a case for Drew Locke down the road, um, quarterback that does need some development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be an interesting situation there because when you get that sort of second round pick, there's some excitement and there's going to be an impetus for him to see the field relatively early, but it's not the this better pan out or we're screwed type of situation. So he's sort of in a nice environment where with Flack one place, you know he won't have to play right away. They can at least work him in slowly and develop what he needs to develop. So I think Locke is in a pretty good spot to take over a year or two down the road. Of course, look, I will still die on this hill. Brett Rippin is behind him, the undrafted Mm -hmm. free agent. They gave him guaranteed money. Again, I had Locke three, Rippin four in this draft class. and So maybe I whiffed wildly on Rippin, but at the same time, you see them give them guaranteed money. They already cut Garrick Grayson. It seems like they are definitely making a run at rip to at least get that number three spot. So that would be interesting to watch. I think Greer in Carolina is interested, and I'm not sure it's the best schematic fit. You know, you look at the Carolina Panthers, it's more North Turner, Coriel downfield type stuff. Um, but I think this was a pick that immediately upgraded their QB2 spot. Because you look behind Cam Newton, that shoulder injury that he's still dealing with, he's not throwing yet. And here we are, early May, still not throwing. Could this be Andrew Luck 2.0? Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, I don't think that inspires a lot of confidence. And so they needed to grab a quarterback in this class. I thought they might have gone the Tyree Jackson route. I thought that was a better one-to-one sort of scheme fit than Greer. But I think Greer is the better quarterback. And so we might see Greer basically because of circumstance on the field sooner than we might expect. You know, going down in deep into this draft, I think there's a case for Trace McSorley, and he wasn't a quarterback that I was really high on in this draft. Mm-hmm. You know, and anytime you get a chance to talk to a quarterback at the senior ball, none of you tell you I'm not NFL <laughs> sized. And for example, you can look at my Twitter header right now. There's me and there's Jared Stidham. I'll make a case yeah. for him in a minute, but I also got a chance to talk to Trace McSorley, and I felt like, look, all right, finally, I'm talking to somebody that's going to be in the NFL that I feel. At least I'm not completely smaller than he doesn't, you know, make me look like a dwarf. But at the same time, you look at the offense that they've been running with Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. and that they – we expect them to continue running. You read some of the things that Harbaugh has said about Trace McSorley. We look to use him in sort of a Taysom Hill type role. He's going to see the field pretty quickly in a couple of different roles, I think, because he did show some athleticism. People thought about maybe moving him to defensive back, so I think there's a case to at least be made that Trace McSorley has some sort of NFL future quicker than we might expect. Now, probably not the kind where you're going to say, "Look, I'm going to draft him. He's going to be a quarterback on one of my rosters here, or he's going to be a a athlete on one of my rosters." But at least from an NFL-based perspective, you know, there's a case that he might see the field. You know, finally Stidham. I think he's in a very good spot. Because the Patriots will get a year or two, at least, with Tom Brady left. And I think this was a pick made to, okay, we don't have to go in on quarterback, but similar to what we were talking about with the Josh Rosen situation. They'll get a chance to evaluate him, develop him for a year or two. And look, this was the kind of offensive system that I thought would be best for Stidham. You saw him down at the Senior Bowl running Kyle Shanahan's offense where there's some similarities between what Shanahan does and what the Patriots do. And he looked fantastic. You know, I think if you're in a very deep league, you might want to give some thought to drafting Stidham and stashing him because who knows? I mean, this might be a situation you've got an aging quarterback. Mm -hmm. If something happens to Brady, they might just say, if things come along better for Stidham than we expect, look, Brian Hoyer isn't going to be the future of this franchise. Let's get Stidham some reps. Let's give him an opportunity. So that's a guy to keep in mind if you're in some deeper leagues or if you've got an extra roster spot and you want to think for a couple of years down the road.
1: Yeah, all good stuff there. And, and when you said McSorley's name, I got actually really, really excited because I just picked him up in the fifth round of our rookie draft. Um, now, so, yeah.
3: I think good. he's worth a flyer because, right. you know, you look at what the league has become. It's a it's a matchup league, you mm-hmm. know? It's a using personnel wisely type of situation. And it's a copycat league. And so you're looking at teams like, let's take Easton Stick, for example. You know, the Chargers, they drafted him in the fifth round. And yeah, he's a quarterback. But you see that three cone and I'm sure that Ken Wisenhunt is at least in Anthony Lynn's ear right now saying, This kid can move. Let's get him on the field at the same time. We can throw the ball to him in the flat. He can run a pivot route. And that might be worth something. Mm-hmm. And so more and more coaches are looking to just get in athletes on the field. And if your one of your better athletes happens to be your backup quarterback, well, use him in some way. Don't just let him sit there and hold a clipboard. And so guys like Sorley, guys like Stick, there might be a role for them in unconventional means.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting there, and in terms of scheme fit as well. I think that Ravens scheme, to your point earlier, I mean Lamar Jackson's not the biggest guy in the world. I think with a potential injury concern there with him running the football so much, McSorley could have a path to playing time if they choose to, you know, go that route uh, of sticking with the athletic mobile quarterback um so yeah i I definitely think uh, that was some some great advice there um so let's now transition from the rookie side of things and talk about some veterans one
2: more one more one more um, all right all right i was hoping that uh, uh, maybe mark would mention it i wanted to see what he thought but uh what about uh, what about ryan finley
3: (laughs) finley's interested because he was a guy that was getting some as we get closer and closer to the draft he was getting some late first round buzz. Um, and I saw some mock drafts. I forget whether it was Dane Brute. It was Todd McShay that had him at 48 to the mm. Miami Dolphins. And obviously that was before the Rosen trade. And so he's one of those players. I look at him, you know, and I got a chance to talk to him down at the senior bowl. Smart kid. He's getting his second master's d- degree right now. Like, mm. you know, he's got like three degrees under his belt. He, are, he graduated from Boise State before he transferred. He got two masters from NC State. Really smart kid. Knows the X's and O's inside and out. A bare minimum for him, if, if you're just looking at sort of the, the league, the NFL role for him, worst case scenario, he's your eight, 10-year backup type guy, and that's valuable in today's NFL. But it's interesting his landing spot because I thought Cincinnati was a dark horse team to go quarterback early, and you know that they didn't do it. But typically, the path is you get in a new head coach, the offensive-minded guy to help your rookie quarterback, but they might have gone it a different way get Zach Taylor, formerly the quarterback's coach with the Rams, studied under McVay. If you've bumped into Sean McVay at a coffee shop, you've got an NFL head coach interviewed. So he got himself a job. I mean, maybe this is a pick where, okay, we're not fully out on Andy Dalton, but we've got one foot out the door and we're leading in that direction. So we don't go quarterback early, but we've got a guy that's a smart, capable quarterback that if push comes to shove, we can turn to him and see what we got. Because I don't think people are expecting the Bengals to make some sort of run in the AFC North. And so maybe this is a situation where if they're, say, you know, five and nine or something Mm. like that, and the season's over, they'll see what they got to Ryan Finley. And so again, similar to what we were talking about with say, you know, Jared Stidham, this might be a situation where you look at him, you draft him and you think, if it pans out well, fantastic. I've, you know, I've hit the lottery here. And if not, well, you move on. What's it going to really cost you to draft Ryan Finley? And so he's in a pretty good situation with that young offensive-minded head coach. He's a smart quarterback. I love the way he reads secondaries, reads coverages, his game against Syracuse. I love that they spun their safeties at the snap on almost every single play, and yet he put up great numbers, read the coverage as well. So I think he's that kind of guy, the worst-case scenario for him, we're going to be talking about him, thankfully, knock on wood, if I'm still around 10 years from now, as at least a guy that's still in the league, like the next Colt McCoy type guy. Or maybe, who knows, maybe he moves beyond that. And if he doesn't, you were lucky enough to draft him. Well, good for you.
1: Love it. Love it. Two drinks. Do you remember what you were going to uh, bring up? Not a chance, dude. No. Nope. <laughs> I figured it was wishful thinking, but you I, know, I had to go. What, what Once you, you said you had something, I was like, all right, maybe he'll remember after his uh, couple of swings of beer. But
0: <laughs> It did not help.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, so let's go talk on, on the veteran side of things now. Obviously, um, not the most buzz around some of the skill position players in this draft, but definitely some impactful rookies coming in. So with that being said, I mean, which veteran quarterbacks got some help now? Um, and you expect them to maybe take the next step in their progressions uh, going forward in 2019 and beyond. So some veteran quarterbacks that really were helped by some of the picks in the draft.
3: Well, I mean, I I think there's an easy case to be made, and this is more for sort of an off season, not just draft, but there was definitely a pick or two that will help. But you look at Derek Carr, the Oakland Raiders, and obviously look, they add Antonio Brown and they add Tyrell Williams at the wide receiver spots. And then you put Hunter Renfro with them, who I think, look, Maybe he's 62 at this point, but he's still always open. And there's something to be said for that. I think the Josh Jacobs pick, and it was like one of the like three mock draft picks that I got right. Mm -hmm. But it makes a ton of sense for Oakland because one of the things he does best as as a running back is in the passing game as a receiver. And, you know, you've heard reports about his pro day or I think it was, you know of Gil Brand, who basically said, look, this is one of the best running back workouts I've seen, particularly as a receiver. Mm. And you know John Gruden loves to use running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. and So I think you look at some of those additions, both in the draft and elsewhere. You know, I think there's a case to be made that Derek Carr, either, it, it might even be a put-up or shut-up type year for him. Yeah. Because you look at some of, you know, the additions that they've made, the talent they've put around them. This might be a situation where, okay, you've got to produce. Otherwise, we're going to move on. You know, So I think that's a guy to look at. I think you could say that Lamar Jackson, we were just talking about the Ravens. Marquise Brown is, I think, a perfect fit right. for what they're going to want to do with him. I mean, you look at some of his best plays with Kyler Murray, scramble drill situations that get extended. Obviously, you're going to see a lot of that from Lamar Jackson. I think that parent is ideal. And look, get a Miles Boykin at 93. I think that's a nice addition for them as well. You know, because Boykin, I think, is a guy that, you know, similar to what we talked about with Calvin Harmon, can do some things, more of your traditional type X. And let's face it, Baltimore didn't really have receivers, but they got two pretty good ones in this draft. So I like those selections. It's hard to overlook Seattle getting DK Metcalf at 64. And say what you want. I know people are – it's like a Zapruder film situation where people are (laughs) looking at him running drills and saying, oh, he can run all the routes, or no, he can't run all the routes. Here's what he can run. We know he can run a nine route, right? Mm We know what Russell Wilson can throw the nine route pretty well, right? Yep. So I think you look at that, that's a pretty nice situation. San Francisco. Can he
2: be big and put his arms up in the air? That's all I really care about. Right?
3: Yeah. I mean, he can run fast and he can put the arms up. Yeah. I mean, that's going to work in Seattle. Gold. I think you look at San Francisco, getting Debo at 36 was a nice pick. Jalen Hurd at 67, they're going to use – Think about what we were talking about earlier. This is a matchup league, right? Mm-hmm. You see a situation where Jalen Hurd – comes off the sideline and he's now in the huddle, do you treat him as a running back? Do you treat him as a wide receiver? It's going to force defense to sort of decide what they do. Because you know Shanahan, first of all, he loves two running back sets, right? So he's he's going to be doing a ton of different stuff using Jalen Hurd in the backfield. He's already said that they're going to do stuff like that. Yeah, he said he might even line him up as a tight
2: end, right?
3: Might even put him as a tight end. He's going to do some crazy things with him. I mean, what do you do if you break the huddle and you see a couple – hopefully they get McKinnon back? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could do some fun stuff with those players. You know, so I think the addition heard, those were fantastic additions for them. A couple of other picks that I liked. Um, I know we're gonna talk about Noah Fant, the Iowa tight end. I like him in that sort of kubiak style West Coast boot action, run the QBs off of boot action. Flack loves to do that. Flack loves throwing to his tight ends. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's sort of one of those ideal parents of quarterback new tight end scheme i think that makes a ton of sense and so there's a player to watch you can make a case kirk cousins i mean get in irv smith now you know i don't know what they're going to do with kyle rudolph maybe they do move him um but you've still got those receivers on the outside and now you've got irv smith a nice well-rounded tight end i think that's a really nice pick as well and so those are some names that sort of jump out oh and this this is a weird one but matt ryan and it's not like they added a ton of skill players but they get Chris on the, the guard. Wide, you get Caleb McGarry, the guard. Uh-huh. I mean, those are guys that I know people thought the McGarry pick was probably a reach. But Lindstrom, man, what does he do best? Zone blocking. That's great. What do they yeah. love to do? Zone blocking. What are they going to get you know, Freeman back to do? Run the outside zone. I mean, yep. it's like the setups. So much of what they do, you get another year of Ridley, obviously Julio. I think Matt Ryan's going to be in a pretty good situation as well. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at things and and to your point before, I mean, the offensive line normally gets overlooked uh, in fantasy in general. Uh, So I know the Falcons definitely had an issue with the middle and and interior of that line last year. So their upgrades at guard really will go a long way for that that offense in general. Um, So let's now transition to to some quarterbacks who you think maybe are a little bit worse for the wear coming uh, off from this offseason. Obviously, you know, not every team is going to be better uh, as we head to 2019. Are there any quarterbacks um, specifically that you may think could take a step back going forward in 2019 and beyond?
3: Well, I mean, I I think, you know, there's one that you should probably keep in mind. And it probably isn't a quarterback that people are going to be drafting early. But it's hard for me to say this, but I think Tom Brady. You've got to mm. kind of put that out there because, look, just another year older. And, yes, I know he takes care of himself. He eats nothing but avocados. Mm. does the pliability. He's got that crazy little TB12 method, which – apparently works for him but maybe nobody else so there's the age factor but there's also the Gronkless factor and you look at Brady's splits with and without Gronkowski over the past couple of seasons they're pretty far apart and so you're looking at him without Gronkowski I know they got Nikhil Harry at 32 and I know that you know people have made him basically the number one pick in sort of rookie dynasty drafts right now partly because of the Patriots offense but let's not forget I come to this as a patriots fan now earning your way into the tom brady circle of trust does not happen overnight and it is rare that you see a new addition at the wide receiver spot rookie or, or otherwise solidify himself inside that circle i mean maybe you could say brandon cooks did it a bit maybe you could say that malcolm mitchell before his injury you see him getting catches on third and sixth in that super bowl against atlanta but other than that you know it's the record isn't great and the record also isn't great for sort of Early round picks by the Patriots at the wide receiver spot. Now, I think what Harry does will help Brady. Contested ball winner, back shoulder type guy. If Brady's accuracy is dipping as it might be, and again, I come to this as a Patriots fan, I can tell you that there were times last year I didn't think he could throw to his left at all. If it is dipping a bit, he can kind of help they might use him in similar ways on those seam routes from the slot, sort of replicate what they lost from Gronkowski. But I think it's hard to sit here right now and say that Brady is going to be in as good a situation as he has been the past couple of years, particularly with, you know, Gronkowski being out. And and so I think that's one quarterback to look at, you know, another one to sort of look at, and and this is interesting because it could go both ways. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay right now and, and yes, getting you know Bruce Arians in I think the QB whisperer I think his scheme is going to be a great fit for what Jameis Winston does best but you lose to Sean Jackson out of what's going to be a vertical based passing offense you lose Adam Humphreys you know who played a big role in giving Jameis Winston or whoever was taking the snaps an extra option that isn't down the field now you're going to be relying on Mike Evans yes a fantastic receiver I get it Chris Godwin was good as well um And OJ Howard with Cameron Brait, but they've lost some pieces and you've got a new head coach. And he's in that sort of situation where they haven't done a long-term extension. He's basically playing for that this year. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And that's a little shaky situation. And so that's going to be one I'm watching as well.
1: Any worry about Big Ben? I know when you lose two players like Bell and Brown. Obviously, the the chemistry and the mix kind of changes there. I know they were kind of toxic pieces in that offense. But any worry there with some of the new pieces coming in? You know, Dante Moncrief they added, and also Johnson in the draft. Can they up for some of that lost production? Benny Brown- Snell. I mean, Benny Snell, your boy.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, they've added some pieces. Johnson, I think, was a nice receiver who was was again getting some early day two buzz. Um, come to get him in the third. I think it was a nice pick. Snell guy that was getting. Some early, you know, this might be one of the better running backs in the class type of buzz before he sort of fell off. Weird running back class generally. The big question for Pittsburgh is going to be, how is Juju this year? Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing when you're wide receiver two and the coverage gets rotated towards Antonio Brown and maybe you're not facing a ton of press, you know, because he's better secondary releases and working against off coverage than he is at being in press situations off the line of scrimmage. Now he's going to see coverage rotated his way. You know, how does he handle that? And so you're going to need him to be better. You're going to need somebody from whether it's Montcrae for James Washington or somebody to sort of become that wide receiver two across from him. You know, Ryan Switzer out of the slot, maybe that he does a little bit for them. Uh, Vance McDonald's going to need to have a big year at tight end. You know, they grabbed Zach Gentry in the fifth round. I don't think people are expecting much from him. So I think there is some concern. That's a good point, Stephen, because, you know, losing Antonio Brown, losing Le'Veon on Bell. I know they didn't have Bell last year, but that's going to have a big effect on their passing game. They're going to need some guys to step up and some guys to take on new and bigger roles. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't.
1: Swags or two drink. Any other guys that you're worried about potentially that have been, you know, fantasy stalwarts that you, you had
0: no – Not mine, but what about uh, A.J. Brown on Mariota? Any, any help there or do we just – we hate it all around?
3: I mean, I think Brown is a nice, well-rounded receiver. The similar to the Winston conversation, the 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 Tennessee and the Marcus Mariota situation is another. As a guy that had Mariota QB one in that draft, we've been waiting for how long for Marcus to make that big step? Right, this is the year he's going to take the big step forward. Oh, this is the year he's going to take the big step forward. And AJ Brown, I think, is a nice addition. You know, Corey Davis has done some nice things. Humphries is going to help. If Delaney Warkin Give you a full Healthy season If Smith can sort of Live up to some of His pre-draft buzz When he was drafted In the first round um, In third round Excuse me um, In 17 Then maybe he finally Puts it together But we've been saying Maybe he finally Puts it together For a while now sure. Of course look He was injured More than we thought Last year I mean he had the nerves And he couldn't feel His hands You know That's a bad situation It gives you some of that Peyton Manning vibes If he's healthy Maybe he takes that Step forward But We've been saying this for a long time. I'm not sure it's happening.
1: Yeah. And my biggest thing with Mariota, too, like the coaching team, the coaching uh, system there, they don't want to throw the ball 45 times a game. No. They want to ground and pound you with Derrick Henry and win 17 13. That's what Rabel wants. And it it just, I don't know if the volume's going to be there for Mariota. He had a very efficient year. I think it was 2016 where he came out with a nice, efficient year, and we thought, you know, this is the next step to him being a QB1 for us. But like you said, I mean, whether it's injury or just poor play, we haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm I'm just even –
3: go ahead. You know, the other thing to remember is, you know, as I was saying earlier, we see how teams view their roster during this part of the year. Mm -hmm. They added Ryan Tannehill. Like, that's one of those – you add a guy that's got some starter experience behind him, that's one of those moments where you start to think, hmm, how do they really feel about this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, because you can see a situation whether it's injury or what, in effectiveness, Tannehill could step in and keep that job. And that that doesn't give me the and fuzzies thinking about him going forward.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean we've seen to so many, you know, it- Issues there with their backup quarterback position, even last year. So I think it's a good, you know, smart move for them to pick up a quarterback that does
0: have that starting experience for sure. Both of those guys uh, are banged up all the time, too. Yeah. But I mean, Tann- Tannehill's pretty mobile. So, like, you wouldn't have to change, you know, schemes between those so two guys. I think if he'd more, stay the more, same,
3: what two drinking is trying to say is get yourself some Logan Woodside shares. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> go.
0: Oh, my gosh. No. Oh. Ultimately, gross. I vomitable, vomited a little bit. Just, oh, just put Derek Henry in the Wildcat Maybe right.
3: Logan Woodside for the San Antonio right. Commanders. <laughs> I, got, yeah.
0: I, got, I got two teams, and then I'll, I'll shut up. Uh, You're good. Eagles, adding both Sanders and Orsega Whiteside, and then Bears, adding Montgomery, and then whatever, Riley Ridley, maybe Emmanuel <laughs> Hall, even after it's over, I like that one, but like... Is that enough to make those quarterbacks just better? Or do you see any of those guys maybe popping and being able to stand out like fantasy-wise?
3: I I think Wentz is due for a good year if he stays healthy. And what I think sort of clouded everybody's view of Carson Wentz last year was one game, that Saints game, where it was they needed it, nationally televised game, and he just laid an egg. I think he threw like four picks in that game, and they were just you thought they were done. You thought their season was over. But then you sort of take a step back and look at what he did after that before he got hurt before he got sidelined and he was playing some of his best football. he was coming off from an ACL injury but you look at the way he sort of finished that season he started to get his legs under him and, and you saw him when he sh- basically he should have won three divisional games in a row because you know that game against Dallas which was his final game they only lost because they didn't get a possession in overtime but that might have been one of his better games of the year I mean he goes touchdowns, to no picks you know 22 of 32. Uh, for 228, the week prior against Washington, he goes two touchdowns, one interception, but he was making some plays outside of the pocket. And then, you know, that third to last week, this was the week after that Saints game, you know, he goes one touchdown, no interceptions, completes almost 72% of his passes. And I think he, those were three of his better games of the year. The only thing that really skews everybody's image of his 2018 season was that Saints game where he had a quarterback rating of 31. I mean, you could take my cat. Put him out there and he's going to get you a better quarterback rate. And so he had one bad game. I think people sort of overreacted. And also, let's not forget, he had an incredibly, incredibly efficient 2017 season, especially in the red zone where he was basically flawless. And so anything that wasn't up to those standards, which were almost irrepeatable, you know, was going to seem like a letdown. But now you get Sean Jackson. I think our second Whiteside is a nice addition, you know, bigger body type guy, a red zone threat type of receiver. If he's healthy and has that confidence in his lower body, I think he's due for a rebound. I think he's due to have, he could possibly duplicate what he was doing in 2020. 2017. You know, as for Trubitsky and the Bears, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he looks. It's sort of his f- second full year in Matt Nagy's system because Nagy did so much That's in fair. sort of, you know, getting him ready and doing some scheme stuff, showed a ton of confidence in him. I mean, I cover, you know, Trubisky for Pro Football Weekly, Chicago website, basically. And to see how he handled him, he would miss on some route concepts, like four verticals and things like that. He would come back to it in the same game and basically tell you, like, that's how he beat your, you know, that's how he forced overtime against your Dolphins to drink. You know, he had missed it early in the game to Anthony Miller on a third and six. He misses the over route on four verticals out of a three by one. He comes to it later in the fourth quarter on a third and launch situation, and they hit it. And that's how you show your young quarterback that I believe in you. You come back to the stuff he's missed. I think the Ridley pick is a good one for them. He was a guy that was getting wide receiver one buzz until people bought into you know his age, market share, whatever. Now you get him in the fourth. Emmanuel Hall, an undrafted free agent. I mean, yeah, there's like one that he does, but he does it extremely well. He runs fast. And you can find a role for that in an NFL offense. And So if he's fixed his footwork, I think he could have a nice season. Adam Patterson is a nice little offensive weapon. I'm sure Matt Nagy's going to have some scheme stuff for him. And so I think you look at this, David Montgomery is a nice addition for them. I think Trubisky could have a nice year.
1: So I, I want to touch on a non-quarterback player just because there's been tons of buzz around uh, the knee of Todd Gurley. Uh, and just want to get your thoughts if there's any, you know, trepidation going forward with him. I know they picked up Henderson in the third round uh, and they traded up for him with, you know, the few picks that they had. It, what's your feelings on Todd Gurley going forward? I know we're not doctors here; we're, we're making educated guesses, but like, right. yeah. I mean, what, what are your thoughts going forward with Gurley?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to remain skeptical. I mean, obviously, we, we saw how their playoff run was. You know, they basically went away from him. You know, they had to sort of reinvent their offense as sort of an inside zone power running team mm-hmm. almost because Gurley was an outside zone type of runner, and they built their basically their entire offensive around. And so they were still able to get to the Super Bowl with that. But, you know, we saw how that ended. Get a running back in the third round. I mean, that's a pretty big hedge. Um, an early investment, you know, at the running back, position tells you that they're at least shaky. I think at best cautious optimism, but running back, knee injury, especially when you think about style of play. I mean, what's the primary job of a outside zone running back? It's one cut and go. And if you don't have that confidence in your lower body to make those moves, if you start to feel like you can't do that, if you start to lose that confidence, it's going to have a big effect on your ability as a ball carrier. And so, you know, I think some, like I said, cautious optimism at best, but perhaps healthy skepticism might be more warranted.
1: Okay. And then I, I do want to ask you this one as well, because I think we, we ask everybody. and I, I don't know if this has changed from your previous answer, but Superflex startup draft, you got the 101. Saquon Barkley or Patrick Mahomes? You and after now with the Tyreek Hill news with, with Mahomes.
3: I mean, I think you still go Mahomes. I mean, you just know he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Barkley, you know, it, it seems like, you know, the case for Barkley is this the drafting of Daniel Jones, if he is the schematically limited quarterback I think he is he's limited to a West Coast type of system. And if they're going to build a West Coast type of offense that will feature the running back in the passing game, and we know what Barkley can do, that's the keys to be made. But we don't know how quickly they're going to put that into place. We don't know how or whether they even are. And so There's a big question of the quarterback position there. If they're breaking in a rookie quarterback that Maybe wasn't the guy that they should have drafted at six. And, you know, obviously that's a, a question about the evaluation process of Daniel Jones. But if you've got some trepidation about the quarterback position, I think it's healthy. We don't know what we're going to get from Madden. Who knows with Daniel Jones? I think Mahomes, even with the Tyreek Hill situation is still going to put up some ridiculous kind of numbers. We know what he can do. Awesome.
1: So before we talk about our super flex trades, let's hear a bit from the Scouting Academy.
3: Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com
1: One of the most badass things we are associated with the Scouting Academy over 30 I thought you were real NFL me, jobs. As soon as
2: you said one of the most badass things, I was like, whoa, dude, you're freaking cool. <laughs> but you blow, went to a totally Smoke up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my job. I'm, I'm my sunshine. smoke.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah scouting academy super cool uh, if you if you want a chance at a real nfl job in a scouting department or player personnel division that's the best way or one of the best ways to do it um, if you're not a nfl head coach's son so um let's now go to our Superflex trade segment um first one from at jittery monkey It's a 10 team superflex league tight end and running back premium so it's Noah Fant. Or we got two early to mid 2020 second round draft picks. We will start with our guest, Mark, on this one.
3: That's a tough one. I mean, I am I would lean towards fans. And I know tight end is a tricky position. But when you're getting the tight end premium, I like having that. You look at what we expect that offense to look like. You look at Joe Flacco's history as a quarterback, what he loves to do. He loves to throw to his tight end. And that's kind of what made his career. Can
0: so 100 targets?
3: I think he can get pretty darn close. You know, if he stays healthy, if he plays a full 16-game slate, I think he's going to get pretty darn close to 100 targets. And you look at his usage at Iowa, they did a ton. He's going to be doing out in Denver, you know, under routes, flat routes, boot concepts where he's running crossers. He's an athletic type of guy. So you can get on the ball in space, give after the catch. And so I, I would leave with no offense there. Yeah. Okay. Swags.
2: Yeah. I'm going that I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't want to 20, 20 seconds for uh first right now. And that's where I've got fan is as a, 2019 first, I would definitely take him, especially in a tight end premium, even in a 10-team league. So, yeah, I'm more excited about him. Two
0: drink I, I think it's close, but I want to play with a piece now. Okay.
1: Yeah, I thought it was close. I actually took the picks um, just because of the 10-teamer. The I'm not sure it's if close. I see... Yeah, I think it's close. Um, I'm not sure if I see, just my, through my own evaluation, the complete and utter upside of Fant. Um, you know, being one of those elite. T- but that being said, I mean, swag to your point. I, I do think he is a first-round talent in a ten-team tight end league. Um, but I'm gonna stick by my guns on this one. Uh, I am on the the uh, kind of lower end side here with uh, the poll coming at sixty-seven percent Noah Fant you, and thirty-three percent as the other. Do side you you the have
0: Sutton leading the the team in targets there, or I Hamilton, have- or which. What's kind of so, your breakdown there then? Or
1: yeah, I mean it's early, but Yeah, I I would have Sutton coming out ahead. Um probably in terms of market share, I would put a guesstimate around like, you know, twenty-two to twenty-three percent. Then Hamilton right around, you know, twenty. Sanders coming in if healthy, you know, like an eighteen percenter and then splitting amongst the others. I think Fan can maybe get, you know, fifteen percent of those targets being targets. Um but you know, I I get the point of the scheme fit and Flacco's love for tight ends. So I think it's just a matter of the metrics and say, okay, well, if, if Sanders isn't ready, Fant can step in right away and get and get a larger percentage of that target share. Um that,
0: that makes sense yeah. why you took the picks then. I hear. Yeah, you.
1: yeah. So next one from at Coach Tippett, full point PPR. We got your boy Sammy Watkins. Or, or I dude. You, I'm gonna save you for life. I, I'll got go go with you first this one because we know <laughs> where you're going. Or the 2019 1.07 and Traquan Smith Two drink Sammy Watkins right?
0: Sammy, Doug, get out okay, here. Okay,
1: cool. All right, cool. Uh, Mark, who you take get on this one?
3: This one's tough. I mean, what is?
0: It? How many teams is this?
1: Yeah, Steve?
3: I- uh,
1: they didn't have it in there. It just, it just said full PPR. I was looking for it Coach Tippett. Come on, dude. Coach Tippett. give me some. Give me some. Uh, yeah, teams or something.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the 107. I mean, you're looking in that range. Maybe Hakeem Butler, maybe Marquise Brown. Um, maybe Daniel Jones. Right <laughs> yeah, maybe,
2: maybe Daniel,
3: Daniel Jones. Jones. Give me TJ um, Hawkinson right there. Traquan Smith. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson could be a pick at that spot. I don't know. I think Watkins makes more sense. It's more of a sure thing. Um, who knows wow. what you're going to get at the 107 spot. So, Traquan Smith, he's a nice piece. I, I like his usage in New Orleans. but. I think with the Tyreek Hill situation, you know, Watkins, if he stays healthy, he's going to see a good share of targets, so that's what I do.
0: Yep. Saints didn't add anybody else, you know, wide receiver not. wiser, right? Running back like on not. the seventh. But, yeah, no wide receiver, so that's kind of to make you feel a little better about Trey and Smith there. I'm, yeah, it I don't know why I'm arguing for the other side. I'm on Sammy. I'm, <laughs> I'm just – I'm so you know. that somebody else took Sammy. I, it threw me off. I'm glad, I'm glad you're on my side, Mark.
3: Yeah, I mean, they added a Mac Mack in the Semperata tight end, um, who's more of a big slot type guy. Um, I know there are some people that like him, but I mean, Traquan's going to have a nice role, but i that one, seven, eh, you don't quite sure what you're getting there, so I would go Watkins. Uh, Swags.
2: I'm taking that pick in Traquan, and it's it, um, I might do it without Traquan, but but having Traquan in there is awesome. Number two oh, in the Saints I'm offense. Such a hater. Definitely. What's Watkins done curse for word, you curse lately? Word, curse word. Uh, anybody, 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 anybody? Pumps. What's yeah. Watkins done for you lately? The championship. I mean, he was on my bench, but yeah. Okay, so you won him. <laughs> you won him a I ring.
3: To
0: yeah, I'll yeah. uh, one this year. I'm definitely. You show your face. I'm all Steve. about
2: starting over on that. Steve I mean, turned. Sammy Watkins is still young. I get it. He's in a great offense. <laughs> Everything you said, and then the if air quotes a, a few around it let's throw lots of air quotes out there for Sammy Watkins if he stays healthy I, I just yep. I'm ready to buy out of it he, he he, he's a hard sell I like to make moves too much that 107 has tons of value I can get a lot of guys there it, it's worth the fun of the trade and the draft pick and cool. I make my team instantly better the minute I add Traquan Smith versus Sammy Watkins
0: Holubka's turn get out of here yeah, I'm taking Sammy. Um, uh, I, I, dude,
1: I like Sammy. You like Sammy. It's just a matter of how much I like Sammy. But for, for over Trey Quant Smith, and I'm not in love with 107, even in Superflex. Like we, we had our draft. 10, I forget who 107 was, but it wasn't a name that blew me away. Um, so uh, I'll take Sammy here. And I just pulled up the tweet. There is no number of teams in this tweet. So, Coach Tibbet, man. When you do your, do your tweets, hit us up with number hub, of teams in your league. as
0: much info as possible.
2: Where Steve yeah. will strike down upon I'm you hunt, with great I'm gonna hunt vengeance you down. and
0: furious glory. Coach Tippett exactly. sounds kind of dangerous, though, so be careful. I, I, careful. Yeah, I That's think why
2: I, I put it all That's on it. Steve. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Find him uh, at the Real Halepka. Go get him. There you go. Uh, so,
1: final results of the poll. 140 votes, so small results here, but um Traquan in the pick, actually 55%, so swag's on the majority side I mean, you could have uh, some nice
2: talent there at the 107 You could have Metcalf, yep. you could have A.J. Brown, Marquise Steve? Brown
0: Jesus. You could have, have a lot of decent jump. players there
2: <laughs> Who knows, you might get Montgomery, a quarterback in Superflex uh, <laughs> I got Haskins at 106 in a Superflex draft the other day You Get that 107, maybe you move up a couple spots You can do way more with that 107 than Sammy Watkins.
1: Oh man, when Sammy goes for like 1300, you can't even use Sammy Watkins
2: in Scrabble, dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll give you that one on (laughs) Swags. I don't know. I I don't know know what that means. Get the hell out of here. I don't know what that means, but I'll give it to you. Whatever. (laughs) We'll move on to the next
2: one. No names in Scrabble.
1: Next one. Next one from at King Style 1612 team. PPR, Superflex League with tight end premium and .25 per carry. So we've got the twenty two oh one, Devonta Freeman, Kareem Hunt, or Melvin Gordon. We'll start with our guest, Mark, on this Yeah, one. where the hell did
3: Mark go? I'm still there.
1: He's here. You he's chilling. He's, he's, he's talking about your. He's waiting for your Sammy
3: hate. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah I'm <laughs> waiting for you to stop crushing Sammy in the scrabble. He's laughing at <laughs>
2: me in the corner. Give me the two oh one.
3: Give me Freeman. Give me Hunt. Wow. I know we're gonna be waiting for Hunt to come back, but I I think Freeman's in a good position to be successful this year. Two oh one. I think you're gonna get something there as well. Gordon. I sure. mean, you know, say what you want about Gordon, but we've seen some Austin Eckler. We've seen some injury stuff there. We've seen some Justin Jackson. I, I think with the three versus one here, kind of weighs in that favor too.
0: Okay. To drink. Oh man, mm-hmm. I That's love lucky. love Gordon. Yep. I love Melvin Gordon. I think it's enough. I I don't, man. I I think I'm going to end up going to pieces. Okay. Yeah. I I think Gordon and Freeman, if that O line is as improved as it should be from their draft, and and that offense, the ability to move the ball, I think Freeman and Gordon are probably close enough. You know, just for this year. Um, and the fact that I get Hunt, that probably doesn't help me at all. You know, until next year. Yeah, and Superflex at two hundred one. I think it's enough. Okay. Um, it, you know, if if I have a lot of depth and I'm looking for one more piece, I don't mind going Melvin Gordon and taking that team over the
2: top. But I think I'm going to take those three pieces.
0: Okay, swags.
1: Uh
2: I'm taking the Melvin Gordon side and it because I don't like Devontae Freeman. Yes. Yes. So I, 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 agree I agree with you guys, Mark, though. Mark, I, I wanna... agree with you guys. He's probably going to have a great year. Like, I think he's at the end of his road, though, even a little bit more so than Melvin Gordon. Man, you get Hunt, though, so it's almost like you can ride with Freeman this year and then yeah. cross right over I into think Hunt. think those two are close enough year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's a tough one. So do we I guess all maybe think, you I guess... do want that Freeman Hunt yep. side. <laughs> I hate Freeman, though. I want to move Freeman right now. Hmm. <laughs>
0: That's fine, but then you have Hunt in a two one, and now you're moving Freeman for something. You know, I mean, even if it's a little less than what you like there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think so I have to get uh, with you guys on that Freeman Hunt side and wait a couple days. To move Freeman,
1: right I am. Yeah, I, I guess I'm the only one here who thinks Hunt is just slightly better than like an average running back in the NFL. Like, you think I, it was all? Well, I think he is too. Mania I think. I think a lot of it was scheme. I mean, I love his balance. His his contact balance is like yeah. crazy, crazy good. Like it's, it's insane, um, which is a really awesome, you know, trait to have, but I think in terms of, you know, uh, overall speed, I, I don't think he does anything special in terms of agility is like, you know, stop foot and go foot. Isn't like overly impressive. He's not a LaShawn McCoy there. I think, you know, when he's running down the sideline and he's, you know, being contacted there, I think he's incredibly able to keep his center of gravity upright, um, which is a trait that, you know, few NFL backs really have in, in- Spades like heaps. Um, but I just don't think Hunt is an overly special talent where I do think Melvin Gordon has special aspects to his game. Um, and I know we like Devonta Freeman to bounce back this year in a big way. Um, and 201 one's not bad, but I want a top five running back in my eyes in Melvin Gordon. Um, and I'll, I'll take that side. Mark, you looked like you had something to say about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, I don't think we should sell Freddie Kitchen short from a scheme perspective. I mean, I do agree mm-hmm. with you, Stephen, that Kareem Hunt, and part of his success was based on how Andrew Reid was willing to use him, you know, doing mm-hmm. some stuff uh, in, with him in the past game, you know, using him on seam routes out of the backfield, which is a play that now everybody's copying. And obviously you've got Tyree Kill and some other weapons, Travis Kelsey, where, you know, you're not rotating most of your defensive attention to Kareem Hunt. Yeah initially. But he's going to be in a similar situation. You're going to have Odell. You're going to have Landry. You're going to have Antonio Callaway. You're going to have David Njoku. I'm going to die on that hill too. But you're going to have some offensive weapons and you're going to have Freddie Kitchens, who showed particularly at the end of last year that game against Baltimore when they're running, you know, quads out there and some different mm-hmm. stuff. He's not afraid to do some different scheme things. And so I think, you know, Hunt is going to be in a situation where maybe it's not the same kind of usage, but I think Kitchens will do enough where you're going to capitalize on some scheme stuff to get in some favorable situations.
1: So do you think his split with Chubb this year when he comes back? Do you think it's more 50-50? Do you think it's, uh, you know, 70-30 Chubb, 70-30 Hunt? I mean, I know it's I really mean, it's too pro- early to say. Yeah,
3: it's totally, I would say it's probably 50-50. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's probably going to be similar. You know, this is maybe not the best comp for it, but it's so, sort of similar to a, a Henry Dion Lewis type situation. Okay. Where, you know, one guy is going to be the, like, between the tackles, ground and pound kind of guy. But the other is the more versatile guy that you can get involved in the pass game, do some different things, do some outside zone and stuff like that with him. So, that's what I have sitting here right now in May. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that could change. But I think there's enough in how Kitchens has done things schematically to think that when he comes back, he's going to be given some opportunities to be in some good situations.
1: Okay, cool. No, uh, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, So, right now… Melvin Gordon's in the lead, uh, seventy-four percent to twenty-six percent. We got about an hour left, uh, about one hundred and thirty votes. So, right right now, majority is with Melvin Gordon. Um, So we'll see what happens. But I I like the call that you know Freeman can come back in a big way, especially with the help on that interior to really help with the outside zone, which he made his bread and butter on. You know, a couple years ago.
3: I mean, I get the Gordon thing. It's it's more of a sure thing. I mean, you got question marks with Freeman, with Hunt, with a two on one. Like I, I get why people are doing that.
1: Yep. Uh, Next one from at dynasty underscore guy superflex PPR league. Another guy that did not include the number of teams. Please include the number of teams, guy. Um, So Royce Freeman and Vance McDonald or Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kind of interesting one here for quarterback valuation overall. And an asset that's kind of, I think, ascending a value and an mm. asset that's kind of hit the rock bottom in value in Royce Freeman. Um, so, we'll start with two drink on this one.
0: How is this not like yeah. 100% your cousins?
1: You'll you'll be – yeah, that was it's my first It's got to be why talk.
0: you put this on here because it's got to be stupid.
1: It, it's c- close to stupid, I think. But It's your it's,
0: cousins.
3: Yep. yep. Mark? Yeah, I can't even make a case for the other side. Yeah, it's kind Okay, cool. All
1: right. So, we're unanimous there. I mean, right now, it's only – it was 1% for cousins. Which I think it's a good majority, even, but... like you,
0: Even if you like hate you said, Kirk Cousins, like, right. stop it.
1: Yeah. Quarterback here wins every day, twice on Sunday. Like, this is should be the quarterback side. Uh, almost oh. 300 votes. Wow. Almost 300 votes in this poll. It's just finished up. So, um, very surprising Kirk, that 30%... Kirk of those Cousins,
0: students. I yeah. think, Rick, uh, came out on, I believe it was ESPN's, so right? at 21 for mm-hmm. this year. It's higher or lower than 21 for Kirk Cousins for you guys.
2: <sighs> higher. Higher, twice. What was the question about Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, 20, Higher yeah. huh? higher, lower, higher, lower. What? <laughs> it's like you broke Kirk up Cousins. at that same point every time. Sorry.
0: And then Kirk Cousins, number twenty-one overall. Oh, uh, higher, higher. Sorry, higher, okay. Okay. higher. Which actually means lower, right? But like,
1: yes. we're yeah. I think
2: he will finish better yes. than twenty-one. Be I think he'll finish better than twenty-one.
1: Great. Yeah. yeah. That was fascinating. That, you said that was from the ESPN rankings. This, this
2: trade is silly. Like oh, all I of a sudden, so, yeah. Kirk Cousins is being treated like Joe Flacco. Right, Kirk Cousins is top
0: fifteen, and I think it should be higher. But well, yeah, that's another show. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun show when
1: we do that rankings debate. Uh, yeah,
0: at each other again. Are you it's, guys are wrong.
1: Those are the, those are the fun shows though, because we really just like want to kill or, kill each other versus having Mark and, and spread his infinite wisdom. So, right. um, <laughs> so one more trade here. Uh, um, this is very nice. So kind of fun one here, um, let uh, super flex league, li- super flex league. Uh, so twelve team or fourteen team?
2: What team is that, Swags?
0: This-
1: yeah.
2: <clears throat> oh, the one yeah. I made here. Yeah, yeah. That's a fourteen team.
1: Fourteen team, okay. Fourteen team super flex. i guess full PPR.
2: Yeah. And some carry. You gotta some, have carry. Some carry. Sure. Some. Yeah, yeah. Some everything.
1: Okay. So Christian McCaffrey or Le'Veon Bell and Nikhil Harry. So I think it's a fun one.
2: Let um, me hear I'm
1: guessing Harry was a. First round pick. Um, yeah, I think he was
2: 103 network. or 104 in this draft, and yeah, okay, okay. I, I I do not have him there. I think I have him at 106, 105, something. But yeah, that is uh the trade that was made.
1: Cool. So it is a um, done deal. Well, done deal went through, completed, as I see on my screen. Yep. Uh, so Mark, initial thoughts on this deal for Swag. Swag is getting the Levy on Bell and and Harry side.
3: I think I like the Bell-Harry side here. I know I said earlier that, you know, rookie wide receivers, new newly acquired wide receivers for New England haven't always panned out. But I think if you look at Harry's skill set and the ways he can help Brady, I do think that there's a case that this is going to work. I think that the way they will use him is as part of their Gronkowski replacement plan because there's no way you're replacing that guy one for one. I think you look at Bell and if you're getting carries, I mean, I think he's going to see a lot of them. And conversely, you look at the situation in Carolina where yeah, we hope Cam Newton comes back, but that seems to be a question mark. And if he doesn't, whoever's taking the snaps is gonna see when he's looking at the defense, a ton of eight nine man boxes. And so that's gonna sort of limit what McCaffrey could do. I mean, I think there's question marks on that side. And so yeah, I like the swag side here. Awesome. Two Thank
1: drink. You. No, you're up you're up next, Steve. I, I will take the Bell side. I, I think Bell in New York. Is being under uh, under underappreciated and Bell just how good this guy can still be? Yeah, and sorry,
2: and Bell even for that matter, like Le'Veon Bell in general, like it was just this time a year ago he was an overall top. I'll, I'll say five for argument's sake, and all the dude did was not play. So, I mean, I'm not saying I'm putting him in my top five, but I don't think it's out of the question that he's gonna put up some RB1 numbers for us this year.
1: For for at least a couple years, I think. I think yeah. he's got still two or three great years, good young quarterback. They improved some weapons on the outside with Jamison Crowder, Robert Anderson another year with Sam Darnold. Um, so I, I really like that side, two swags. I'm not the biggest McCaffrey mm-hmm. guy. I know his PPR chops are like insane. He runs routes like a wide receiver. Um, but also I think, I don't think he has, I know he scored about 15 touchdowns last year. I don't think he can repeat that. I think that's his outlier touchdown season going
2: forward. I think so. the dude is a stud. Um, I completely agree with you, though, Steve. Yep. I think this is an ultimate like sell high. But I think he's going to be a, uh-huh. a very good player for a long time for us, McCaffrey. He's young, like, what, 21, 22? The dude's a stud. Yep. Um So I'm not saying he's going to be out of the RB1 conversation, but I think there's some regression coming. Okay. I don't know if I've ever seen him as a top three super flex pick.
1: Yeah, which is where he's going right now. I mean, ADP wise, I think he's top four. You guys seen me trade
2: him away for Gurley the other day? Almost straight up.
0: Yep. Yep. Good to drink. And uh, do like just without looking, like off the top of your head, do you do you have other Lev shells, Lev shares right now? Me? Like, yeah,
2: one, one other one that it was in a startup this year.
0: Yeah. And how many McCaffrey do you think you have still? That was my last one. Like, is this that was your last one? So you're out of McCaffrey completely now. Yep.
2: And I only had two.
0: Shocking. I only had two. You did that way. Okay. I. No, I might have had three. I kind of want to hit McCaffrey's side, but I I get why the other side makes as much sense. And I I love Harry, even in that landing spot. So.
2: I think my bench uh, wide
0: receiver was Funches.
2: Yeah, you wanted to. You had
0: Funches. That makes a little more sense that way in in knowing how you play and and stack teams. Harry's value is going to go up, too, I think, you know. Sure. And then, and you're saying McCaffrey has hit his peak point worth of value, kind of
2: value. Is that what you said? Even if he maintains it for another year, like there, it just that's just the way it it works. Like if you want to get, like last year, last year I sold Michael Thomas and I got McCaffrey. um, Gosh, I got like McCaffrey, Galladay, and OJ Howard in that deal for Michael Thomas last year and then so I still have the Galladay and OJ Howard pieces and now I just split the stocks on McCaffrey so it's what I'm doing here I'm splitting the stocks I mean my teams are getting deep because I'm selling like last year Michael Thomas was worth more than McCaffrey and this year McCaffrey's worth more than Michael Thomas which I don't know if that's right or not but that's the way the startups are going so that's the way the people are going to view it so McCaffrey's value skyrocketed you know and um, I'm not I, I, rightly so don't get me wrong rightly so but I'm all about splitting stocks on a player that is not my quote-unquote favorite like not saying I don't like to own him I have no hate against the guy or anything but um, he's not near and dear to my heart like Nicholas Chubb or my Todd Gurley's or other guys that I would rather own you know like Le'Veon yeah. Bell, Michigan State guy. I think he's a freaking stud. Everything Steve said, like sure. I don't need to repeat, Sam Darnold throwing to him and um yeah, man, I, I I'm that. all about it. Yeah. Sure. I I think
0: just looking at it without knowing anything, you probably take the two pieces. The way I build my teams, I think I would probably consolidate and move to McCaffrey, but I like McCaffrey or Bell just this year in scoring. Where do we, where do we go there? Like is that probably McCaffrey. you know what McCaffrey. I mean? probably you. within it's probably not a big distance right is that kind of what
2: yeah you're it's not that's what, yeah, exactly that's where my head's at they not head far enough for me to plus. care Makes sense. yeah yeah that's fine cool i'm with it love well, it i'll pull that ride. one up
1: yeah, yeah do it definitely do drink put that mm. one up and see if we can some thoughts on that yeah i i like it i like it big pieces too moving which is always fun as yep. well um so before we head out mark where can the folks find you on twitter
3: um, yeah, find me on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Keep it nice and easy. Um, right for a bunch of different places, but Twitter's easily the best place to find.
2: Me.
1: Awesome. Swags, where can the folks find you?
2: I am at DFF underscore swag. Two drink. FL two drink minimum at Superflex Pod.
1: Awesome. And I am at The Real upgun at Superflex Trades, and we are out.
0: Thanks again. It's a Thanks, Mark. Thanks yeah. nice for coming on, man. I'm really stoked that Tyree Jackson didn't go to Tampa Bay, too, so you'd have to retire. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and I think Buffalo, like, you can know, take a whole, like, Jock Allen was close enough, right? Yeah, it's or close. enough similar. similar it? It's a big, 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 big
2: arm.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Team pick kind of word.
2: Yeah,
1: it's right. We got one more trade, right? From at beach bump.
2: Yeah. Well, he's, he's trying to, to get, get more Dak
1: Prescott Rashad Penny.
2: That's a cool kid's. Uh,
1: <laughs> he's always trying to get your Dakism. He?
2: Yeah. Hello? Am I wrong? Are you after my deck and kids?
0: Well, let's talk about it. You're not gonna talk to me about it. We can talk about it. Dig's a free penny, man. Give me your cool. cool.
2: You want my deck? You've been talking
0: about wanting to get digs like every pill, and I won't ever give it to you. You give me the deck
2: now. I don't feel like is that true? Is that true, Steve?
1: Last couple episodes, you've been all it. Mark Mark, what side of the trade do you want?
2: <sighs> Mark, what side of the trade do you want?
0: Super Flexlin.
3: Well. Super flexible. Well. Flex, well. What was the other piece with Dak? Shotshot. Diggs. Dags.